Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, March 24th. Today, treat as a friend some neighbor whom you scarcely know. Ask him what you might do to make the nearness of your residences more pleasing to him. By your goodwill, contradict the ancient dictum, your neighbor is your enemy and your neighbor's neighbor is your friend. Well, let's start with the ancient dictum, which is a terrible statement. What that's based on is, you and your neighbor are going to fight about the property line or the, the prune tree that drops soggy fruit into his yard or whether the fence is six inches on his property or six on yours or whether the chickens that you got make too much noise. And then your neighbor's neighbor is also going to be fighting with your neighbor <laughs> about the same thing on the other side. So you and your neighbor's neighbor can align together against your enemy, and so it goes. I mean, this is like countries are like this also. I mean, we're not just talking about people in the house, but the country right next to you that you're trying to take over is trying to take you over. You align with the country on the other side of the border, and the two of you conspire to keep this one in line, or whatever it might be. And unfortunately, as horrible as that sounds, there is a lot of truth to it. And so that's what Swamiji is talking about, is how people find ways um, to fight with each other and just what a nightmare life is because people find ways to fight with each other. At the, at the present time in, in the country of America, when this is being filmed in the summer of 2020, when the COVID pandemic is running through the world and running fairly hot through California and the USA in general, Although, by God's grace, at this moment, it's beginning to slow down a little, and I hope it will stay that way. We'll see. Um, there's also this enormous uh, social uh, um, movement, this unrest of, of trying to, to rid our country of what people call systemic racism, whereas um, despite the fact that opportunities are open uh, especially for people, what they call people of color, people whose skin is darker than mine. Um, uh, by that, because I'm very white, I should say that, because not all of you are looking at me, some of you are only listening to me. Um, the, uh, that we're, we're, we're needing to, to, to purge our country of this utterly unacceptable aberration, and it, that's just a fact. And, and many people have many different ideas about how this should be done. But when we stop and think about what causes a person to be bigoted against somebody else, what causes a person to need to make an arbitrary definition of why you're not as good as I am, what we're really talking about is the nature of the human heart and the, and the unhappiness that people feel, the powerlessness they feel in this world, the isolation, um, all you know, the humiliation. You just make a long list, but it all comes back to: if if my heart is not at peace, and if I feel victimized by the world, I am going to pass that pain on to you. 
It's just going to make, I'm going to think, I'm going to feel better if I can do something to you. I had this experience. I was in a, a motorhome and we were traveling and I was in the back of the motorhome. Someone else was driving and I was in the back of the motorhome. And because it was a, had a big kitchen and all of that, I, I was making a peanut butter sandwich while we were driving up this mountain road. And suddenly the driver made a, a, a sudden sort of shift, a sudden shift in the car, in the big thing. And the peanut butter jar slid off the counter and landed on my foot. And it was, you know, a half a quart or a quart, but it was heavy enough that it, it was a thud and there was an immediate sense of pain in my foot. Fascinating. The first thing I thought of was to yell at the driver. Like, my foot is hurt, I'm going to yell at you. I'm going to yell at you because my foot is hurt. I'm going to take the pain that the peanut butter jar put on my foot and I'm going to throw it right at you. And I didn't because in somewhere in there, I thought, how is that going to help my foot? You know, just like, like but the, the, the need to take the pain I felt and make somebody else feel pain was really interesting to me. Because, I mean, that, that, I don't, I'm not, that's all I can say. It was really interesting. Later, I was telling the driver about this, and it, they didn't tell me till some time later that, in fact, they'd been inattentive for a second and had actually had to jerk the wheel. In other words, it was his fault. <laughs> but he waited until later to tell me that, you know. So he had caused the peanut butter jar to fall on my foot. But even if he had, how would that have made my foot hurt less? So what we're working with in the world is that people think that if I have pain inside of me and I pass it on to you, I will have less. And they don't understand that when I, I, I pass all that darkness through me, that it leaves darkness in me. It just It's a crazy way of thinking, but it's the way people think until they become more enlightened. Because what happens karmically is that when you put out a lot of negativity, you get a lot of negativity back. And it just you just keep going and you keep going and you keep going until in some incarnation it finally occurs to you that this is not working. Just as simple as that. Swami Kriyananda talks about a dream he had in which he was he he in the dream he went through several incarnations. And in the dream he had a good friend but then they had a falling out over something and then his friend got power over him and, and made uh, Swamiji's life in that life very unpleasant. And then the next life, Swami got power over him and made his life unpleasant. Then in the next life, the other guy got to be on top of Swami and then it was Swami's turn to you know, do it again. And in the dream, Swami said, this has to stop. And he just stopped. He just blessed the man and just stopped. Because at some point you just realize this isn't going to take me anywhere. So people are trying to solve, and rightly so, the, the, the final expression of all of this internal dissonance, which manifests in various ways that are totally unacceptable to a civilized nation to refined people. But the real issue is we have to find peace in our hearts. Because until we find peace in our hearts, we will still be trying to pass the pain on to someone. So my whole life, 50 years of my life, 
I've dedicated to meditation and almost all of that. I've also dedicated to helping other people learn to meditate. Not only learn to meditate, but just learn to live in harmony with their own self. And to understand, the, the real question is, where does my pain come from? And what can I do that will actually alleviate it? And not merely just perpetuate the story. And we have an entire school system. Education for Life is the method. The Ananda schools are called living wisdom schools, where we conscientiously, from, you know, from kindergarten age all the way through high school now, we try to help people learn how to be at peace with themselves. And, you know, it's not like we're, we're in there teaching them all about racial bias or non-racial bias or anything like that. We're, we're going to the core cause. And, and one of our school rules is really simple. Practice kindness. And we have, we have rules about choose happiness. And our, our, our school culture is, is quite... Um, well, it's unique, but it's also educate. Many other educators don't understand how we can do it. We don't have bullying. We don't have, you know, this cross age tormenting. We don't have things that everybody thinks you have to have. You have to have if you're only training people from the outside to answer their test questions. But you don't have to have it if you actually go to the heart of what the problem is that we are. We have no idea of our, we think we're alone in this world. We don't know our connection to a greater reality. We have no idea how to master our own energy. We don't know how to face into conflict and resolve it in ways that actually resolve it instead of just sort of pasting it over, causing it to go underground. We, we actually train children both by example and by constant uh, attention you know, how to work with themselves and how to work with other people. It's, it's, it's amazing to me. You, you, go to, you can go to, what, like 20 years of school and no one ever actually teaches you how to get along with anyone. And so then you're suddenly married or trying to raise children and you have all these advanced degrees and all this information. But the most fundamental, who am I? Where does happiness come from? What do I do about pain? You know, this is well. That's what this living wisely, living well, is supposed to be all about. You know, it's uh, it's very important that we pay attention to these realities now, and the whole social movement toward making our society better. Um, we should attack this from every angle. I'm not saying that every you know that we should ignore one and not the other, but until we until we learn how to be at peace in our hearts, and I have to say it again, and the and the fundamental key to that, is we are a part of a greater reality. I mean, I would go so far as to say, and I will stand by this, that materialism and, and, and the repudiation of any reality greater than the ego, which is the word actually is atheism, is actually at the core of what's going on. If I am the beginning and the end of reality, then I can do whatever I want. I mean, dogmatic religion doesn't work anymore, so what we need now is experience. We need to experience where does my pain come from, where does happiness come from, and what actually works. That's what this entire book is. And this book is very interesting. This is the second iteration of this book. The first book Swami wrote, it was called Do It Now. 
and then a few years later he completely rewrote it and it became this. The first book he wrote and printed and gave away for free. We gave away thousands of copies. It was just some effort to bring right thinking into the world. So Swamiji here, he has this very simple thing. Somebody who lives near to you, go and make peace with them. I mean, more than go make peace, go make friendship with them. It's like, hello, how can we live together more happily? You know, what can we do that will make our, I mean, here we are, we're so close to each other. What can we do to make our lives together more joyful and and better for all of us? It's such a simple thought, isn't it? And, And the true premise of all of it, and this is both our Ananda community life and our Living Wisdom School life, is that I am a child of God and God is equally present in everyone. That doesn't mean that everyone is equally capable of manifesting their divine nature because common sense tells you that some people are better at it than others. So you also have to, well, to quote from yesterday, you have to deal with things as they are. You can't just wish them to be a certain way. But but what makes it possible to go to my neighbor and make him my friend, it's what Jesus says in the Bible, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And that's an ancient Jewish prayer that, that Jesus just took, but he added, and thou shalt love the neighbor, thy neighbor as thyself. But the metaphysical of it is thou shalt love thy neighbor because he is thyself. And thyself that he is, is the same child of God that you are. Now, we have to behave appropriately. We can't just imagine that because everyone's a child of God, everyone is equally able to manifest that. But when we look at the world and we realize, you know, this business of of skin and face and race and gender and language is so superficial. The life force that, that goes through all of us, it's all the same life force. The desire for happiness, for love, for respect. It's just exactly the same in all of us. And that's, that's we come together there. Well, we made a movie about Ananda. It was called, is called Finding Happiness. And in, in one point in the movie, one of the Ananda residents says really simply, if everybody in the world lived the way we do at Ananda, we wouldn't have any of these problems. Now, don't think that's a chauvinistic remark. It's not like, oh, Ananda has the answer. If people lived the way we do, which is meditation, love for God, practicing kindness, choosing happiness, working with things as they are instead of as we wish they are. That's the origin point of all these other issues. And by the grace of God, even simultaneously as there seems to be this extraordinary push toward violence and separation and bigotry and amazing negativity, all that negativity is also pushing many people to embrace the light. So God is doing what he wants to have done here. And the overall promise of these times is that we're moving much more into the light. In fact, we're moving rapidly into the light. But the route there is a little rocky. So now is the time. 
to learn to live wisely and to live well. Swamiji says, March 24th, Today treat as a friend some neighbor whom you scarcely know. Ask him what you might do to make the nearness of your residences more pleasing to him. By your goodwill, contradict the ancient dictum, your neighbor is your enemy, your neighbor's neighbor is your friend. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.